All right. I'm here with the great Dick Weiss, member of the National Sports Writer Hall of Fame. Uh, value work. Appreciate your work. And even more than that, I do appreciate you talking to a little guy like me. Um, you know, obviously, as we just talked about, a lot going on uh, in Rhode Island specifically. Uh, but I want to begin kind of with Ed Cooley. Obviously, there's been a lot going on. You know, just kind of how everything transpired, what your thoughts are on him, you know, jumping to Georgetown and kind of the the exit that was not ideal. <laughs> well, look, I get Georgetown. They have money. They have NAL money. They've won a national championship there. There's always the possibility that Ed felt that he had run his course at Providence and had taken the program as far as it could go. His high water mark was the Sweet 16. Last year, uh, I wasn't particularly happy with the way the season ended. I'm sure he wasn't happy with the results on the court. I don't think the people in Providence were very happy with the way things ended up off the court. Uh, there seems to be a serious question about when Georgetown initially contacted him. Yep. Uh I know they were reaching out to several candidates. There was one reported at Carolina that uh, the search firm actually contacted um, uh, Kevin Keats from North Carolina State, who, who was not a serious candidate, but I think they were just feeling out people at the time. I think that they had zeroed in on Ed Cooley by the uh, end of February. Uh, and the problem he has now is the fact that he put his house up for sale so much earlier than the time when he announced he was going to school. I think once he put his foot on campus, uh, Nathan, there was little doubt he was going to take the job. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do want to ask you, because I know that's kind of become a narrative of, you know, had he reached his ceiling, I guess for me and what I would, not push back to those who say that I understand the lure of Georgetown, but with what Providence has built, you know, and the amount of times he has made it into the tournament, you know, is that amount, is it more about has he reached his limit at Providence or is it more he's reached his limit as a coach? Uh, because I, for me, yeah. I mean, to make it to the final four, he's had plenty of opportunities. I don't see how he wouldn't have that opportunity again. It's just, I guess for me that yeah, has he reached his limit? Isn't that more the story? Or I'll say I'll say this: he he has become the most one of the in the Big East now. He's become the most resourceful user of the uh, of the transfer portal, and he got into it a long time before it became popular. Now a lot of other people have recognized that you win with experience, and a lot of bigger names are getting in there. I think it would be harder to find players who can make you successful if you can't recruit program kids. I think you have to have a mix. Yeah. And I think that right now, who knows if Providence can get the same level of player that they got before. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how Kim English would do. I just know that the Seton Hall game at the end of the year looked like it was a total reflection of the team's distraction. They didn't play any defense at all. And they were out of the Big East tournament before you knew they were there. It was a bad matchup against UConn uh, in a 4-5 game. But and I, I believe the distractions and the fact that Bryce Hopkins was going back to play Kentucky played a huge 
role in their opening round game against against Kentucky. But I actually thought when they were 17 and five, I actually expected pretty big things from them because it looked at the time like they were almost impossible to beat in the dunk again. Yeah. And they were playing well. Uh, he he did have some flaws in his team that he was able to mask during the season. It wasn't like he had a huge shot blocker. He actually got the most out of Ed Croswell yeah. uh, that you can expect because when Cros I saw Croswell play at LaSalle, he was not the type of player I thought would score a thousand points and be a force in the big East. Jared Bynum, small. Not the best defender, but won a lot of big games for him. I mean, the roster was filled with eight transfers this year. And to Ed's credit, he's always been able to blend transfers together and have success. The guy won two Big East championships. He really was the prince of the city when he was here. But, you know, maybe it's separation anxiety on the part of the Providence fan when he left. But... He did not leave with the same feel-good vibes he had when he first arrived. Absolutely. And, you know, with that, you know, kind of shifting to a Georgetown perspective, uh, you know, many people, if you, beyond the kind of drama of what transpired, you know, there are some that would say they may have overpaid or it is a lot of money. What is the expectation? Do you think, you know, Georgetown, Ed Cooley, what is that expectation for him now with the amount of money he's making in terms of how quickly he can turn that program around? I'll tell you what, it's a lot bigger, it's a lot better than three and twenty-three, which is where the program was in 1972 when John Thompson took it over. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they want to be relevant in the national stage again. I think they 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 made some mistakes. I actually blame the president for his uh desire to keep the program in, within the family. Somebody told me when he was going to fire John III, who actually, I actually thought was a decent coach who came off a couple down years, but had gotten the team to a Final Four and had gotten them to uh, NCAA tournaments on a fairly regular basis. When, they, when, when, when the president told John he, that he was going to make a change, John said, well, it's fine, just hire Patrick. Wanted to keep it in the family. Patrick Ewing was not the type of guy that you need. Look, I'm not, I don't think the proto-college model works. I have to tell you that yeah. right now. I think we saw it with Chris Mullen. We saw it with Patrick Ewing. Two best players in the history of the Big East and maybe the two biggest flops in the history of the Big East once they got into coaching. It, it was painful watching Patrick's team and even worse it was painful watching players leave Patrick's program. Anytime he signed a good player, it looked like, like Mac McClung, it looked like that kid was out, out the door. Uh, Kenjo, I mean, yeah. within two years, because they wanted to go somewhere where they knew that they could play in March. And Georgetown only got worse. I mean, they had 29 straight losses in the league, uh, 22 straight road losses. In the league, those are not numbers you can be proud of. And frankly, I think that Patrick bought himself some goodwill when they actually won the Big East tournament out of the blue a couple of years ago. But they lost in the first round right after that, too. Yeah. No, I agree. And I mean, you know, speaking of, you know, some obviously recent flops when you talk about obviously what Ewing did at Georgetown, obviously Mullen at St. John's. I know it's been some time there, but 
with Rick Pitino, you know, I just kind of watching that press conference yesterday. I mean, it seemed like Rick Pitino was 45 years old again. Just, I mean, he's always been, I know. I mean, it just, it just seems like this is a perfect marriage at the perfect time. What he means for St. John's in the big East. And I feel like, I mean, you tell me you're the expert. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I feel like he could get them back on the national stage literally overnight. You know what? I, I think he found the fountain of, of youth when he got this job. I mean, it's a job I think he always wanted in terms of being able to stay put, play at the highest highest level, and bring New York back to the, the center of college basketball. I think he's excited. I have never seen him fail in college. I think he is a great, great bench coach. And the job just got a lot harder for schools like Villanova. Who could, I mean, who could see themselves falling to eighth or ninth? And this is a team that owned the league uh, when Jay Wright was coaching there. Yeah. Well, I was, it's, I mean, that impact, I was going to ask. I mean, even to UConn, I mean, Hurley's obviously, he's got a good footing now, but that's got to impact recruiting to have, you know, the other programs and coaches seeing Rick Pitino have Madison Square Garden, St. John's, it's got to be a huge ripple, you know, ripple down effect. No. Well, I mean, you know, the Garden had always been a home away from home for Connecticut. Yeah. And Connecticut had always had a fair amount of success recruiting North Jersey, New York, uh, the Connecticut market. I mean, Danny is a good recruiter, and he and UConn seems to want to succeed. They're bringing in four four-star players this year. Um, they found a way to get uh, Donovan Klingon out of their backyard Uh last season, uh, along with uh, Alex Caravan. And they're bringing nationally significant players who can help them maintain. The thing that's interesting to me is if you take a look at the Big East, there aren't a lot of coaches with longevity. I mean, um, Greg McDermott's been there 13 years. Danny's been there five. Most of the rest of the coaches have been there uh, one or two or our first year. And there were three first-year coaches the way there were four first-year coaches this past year. I mean, so the league has basically got a lot lot of young, enthusiastic coaches. And um, the league has really upgraded uh, in terms of guys who can floor coach. I think it's going to make it – if you're not ready – coach a team and if you can't go out and understand the nil or understand ways to succeed with your system you're in big trouble in this league i mean uh, times times have changed i mean i think patino can turn st john's into uh into a top 15 team almost overnight uh he has at least two possibly if you if you consider um, Nelly, uh, Nelly Joseph Jr. and um, Walter Clayton Jr. players who could be double figure scores in the Big East on his Iona team, both of them are in the transfer portal. Um, we all know where they're going to wind up. I mean, and and Rick, a lot of this changing the culture. St. John's has been stagnant for a long while. They've lost the New York fan base. They are only playing two or three times in the garden because it takes 10,000 people to break even in that building. But uh, now I could see them playing double digit games in the garden and doing 15 to 17 each game. And if they play teams like UConn or Villanova, I could see them doing 19. Yeah. I mean, I think times have changed. I mean, 
Look, I know the garden's excited. I think this, I think just the presence of Patino alone is going to really help the renegotiations with Fox for a TV contract. Um, it, I mean, he's he's a game changer for this league um, just because he is got such a huge following in New York. There's going to be all those old Nick fans are going to start showing up the garden and they're going to, and they're going to be wearing St. John's colors. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I, that's why too, I mean, you knew obviously he's going to be excited about this, but they're definitely just, it seemed like his responses, his excitement uh, just were, I don't know. It kind of blew me away in a way, just, you know, the press conference the other day. I mean, well, you know, he was smart. Yeah. You got Louie in the first row. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's it's yeah. like having the Godfather there giving you his blessing. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, when he went to uh, Boston, I don't think he gave enough deference to Red Auerbach. He wasn't making that mistake again. He and Louie are friends. Mm-hmm. Louie might be 98 years old, but he still is old school St. John's. Look, the guys who have succeeded the most at St. John's are the guys who have embraced New York and have been willing to pay the price to make sure that the school is relevant. Joe Lapchick, um, Luke Conoseca, Rick Pitino, they're all, all Naismith Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, and uh, they are, the, they are. history will tell you, they are the best coaches ever to coach at St. John's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then kind of last thing I do want to, just circle back to, you know, Providence. I know we talked about Cooley, but now with Kim English coming in, uh, you'd be talked about the big East, uh, you know, with Rick Pitino, the impact Hurley, what he's done at UConn. It's obviously a tough situation in terms of kind of the Cooley cloud. Um, obviously the upside, many people are saying all the Kim English is understanding NIL connecting with players not necessarily what you think of the hire, but just kind of what is going to be crucial for him and what is, you know, what do you see in that hire for Providence in a very important time for them? Well, I think he needs to understand what the Big East is. And I think he needs to understand what recruiting is, recruiting is in the East Coast. He's never really recruited this level in the East Coast. He's been on Tennessee staff, so he has to understand uh, what it means to recruit the great player, but basketball is a lot different in the SEC than it is anywhere else right now with the amount of money that they have uh, to throw it to throw at players through collectives or through NIL money once they arrive. Um, I mean, I take a look at that league. There's three teams from that league who are in the Sweet 16, three yeah. teams from the Big East that are in the, the Sweet 16. He's going to have to show me he can recruit. I don't know that he has the ability to get as many uh, qualified transfers as Ed did. I mean, Ed, Ed knew how to work that part of it as well as anybody in the East Coast. I'm go- I'm waiting to see. And look, I at least promised did the right thing. When he left, they didn't wait around because we all know what's happened at Notre Dame. They have no players in the roster and no coach. Yep. And I, maybe they can convince Micah Chisbury uh, to come from Penn State by offering $5.5 million. But whoever takes that job, if they uh, take a hard line on undergraduate transfers and, and really put a lot of emphasis on only taking fifth years, it's going to be a lot harder because 
Notre Dame has lost its way in terms of recruiting. The when Dagger was there, they were Johnny D was there. They were very good at recruiting the Eastern cities for players. They got they recruited New York, they recruited Philadelphia, and they and most of all they recruited Washington D.C. They've lost all those bases. Mike Berry may have been from uh, Washington D.C. May have had. Uh, the Morgan pedigree and the Duke pedigree, but in the last three years, they haven't signed anybody of any, of any consequence from any of the Eastern cities. And you can't operate at Notre Dame unless you understand the East. And it's something that also applies at Providence where you've got to be able to recruit New England. I mean, there are a lot of good players coming out of prep schools at New England. There are a lot of pretty good players coming out of the state of Connecticut, if you can steal one or two away from from UConn, but you know he he is going to be in direct competition for a lot of the same players with Danny Hurley, yeah. and he's going to have to show that he can stand up and recruit. I have not seen enough of him as a coach. They were middle of the pack in the Atlantic Ten. They didn't get to a semifinal this year, so I have no idea whether he's capable of. Um, of winning at this level or not, but there will be pressure because somebody needs to tell him how passionate the province fan base is. I yeah. mean, they, they will, if you give them a winner, they will fill the dunk every night for home games, but they will also judge you harshly if you don't win. Yeah. No, I I agree. I don't, know, I agree. Yeah, I don't know what you think about that, but no, I I I fully agree. Um, and I think you know I do you know to your point about moving quickly, I do think you know Nap should and is getting credit for that because I think they you should. know you wait three more days and yeah, everyone's in that portal. I I think with someone, I think the concerns with English are all warranted in terms of you know it was only two years at George Mason. Now he did right. turn it he turned it into a twenty win program. They hadn't done that for about six years. Um, I think the upside of him being a former player, his recruiting, connecting with players is his strength. Um, and I think the biggest questions will probably be in game, you know, changes, uh, management X and O's. I, I just don't, I just don't know. I'm not saying yeah. I can't do it, but I haven't seen enough of him to know what, what his style of play and how it will be and how it will affect them. Yeah. Look, if he takes anything from Rick Barnes, I hope it's defense because toughness is winning in this tournament this yep. year. Rick is where he's at because he was physically tougher than, uh, than Texas when they played them. Uh, yep. He was physically tougher than with Alabama when he, when he played them and he was physically tougher than Kansas when he played them. I mean, yeah. so he's, he's had a lot of pretty good success down there, and I'm hoping some of it rubs off in Kim. No, absolutely. No, me too. And uh, I think, too, you know, we're going to see in the coming weeks is is does English have a rebuilding project where most of the guys go into the portal, or is he able to keep Hopkins, Carter, you know, Pierre, some of these younger guys, uh, then the ex that, that'll determine the expectations, if you know what I mean. Well, I think I think it's a good sign that none of them have made a decision yet. Yes, and I agree. think I think a lot of it has to do to your point uh, that the the school went right out and got somebody immediately. It was the best strategy that they could use because you know chaos loves a vacuum, yep. and I I I I think that the long 
Although uh, we, we're seeing it in Philadelphia right now with Temple. They've lost yeah. six. Yep. I mean, they, they literally have no players of consequence left in their program. And frankly, they don't have a coach. Yep. And I'm right now, I don't know who wants that job. Yeah. I, Temple, Temple fans. Is, I mean, Temple's a school with two Hall of Fame coaches, Harry Litwack and John Chaney. Yeah. They, I mean, it would be bad to see them slip into the abyss, but this is what happens when you make coaching changes and you don't have names in your pocket you, where you can fill a, fill, a, fill a job. The longer it goes at these schools, the harder it gets. Yeah. In the transfer portal world. Yeah. I mean, for me too, Temple, so, you know, just kind of growing up, in the Northeast, in New England, Temple, you know, I love the Temple program. I love Cheney. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of, I get flack sometimes talking about the Atlantic 10, but I just feel like they lost some identity with the rivals. I know it's a bigger conference. They went for football, but like you said, they're in this period right now where I really do feel like they could fall into the abyss. Um, I, I, I'm the, worried. The Temple brand I, even, you know? Yeah. I, I'm worried because the American Every road trip in basketball is a plane trip. Look, I have my personal opinions about Temple. I know they're not popular among the football crowd, but I suggest that they drop down to one double A and play Penn and Villanova and Westchester and Delaware, um, and then try to schedule games against UMass, the military academies, maybe even UConn, and then try to get a couple Eastern schools that'll play them in guarantee games and move back to the Atlantic 10, which is where they were most successful. It's a bus league, and you're playing against teams people know. Connecticut found that up out when they went yep. to the American. I mean, nobody wanted to watch those game teams play. Now they're in the Big East. Every game is a sellout. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, UConn, to me, is just the, it's the perfect, <laughs> perfect example. You can have a big brand, but a lot of people love the brand. They love UConn for UConn, but they also love because they're playing at Madison Square Garden and they're playing Big East teams, you know. So. Oh, listen, I'm going to tell you something. When they won in 14, that they got to the Final Four in large part with, because they had the regional at the Garden and people just jumped on the bandwagon quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, I'm, I, the thing I don't understand about UConn is why so much, uh, so many members of the fan base are down on Danny. The guy's, guy's a good coach. He has a team that's capable of getting to a Final Four. Yeah. I think they played as well as anybody in the first two games. And all I'm hearing when he's leaving the floor after the after the um, after the first game is you still got a lot to show us early. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy talk. I don't know. Well, I, th I feel like now it's toned now because they're in that sweet 16, you know, like what they've shown. I feel like, yeah, that is toning down. But I, I agree. I mean, if he would have lost that second round game or that first round game, there were a long, a large contingent that would say you haven't done anything yet. But I, I feel like with this team and, and in the sweet 16 now, I mean, and I think they, they have a shot better than as good as anyone, you know? Yeah. I, I think that they're playing very well. Look, first game they played, I mean, Sonogo and Klingon got 40 and 22. No. When that happens, you're not beating UConn. Yep. Because they have, if they can keep their turnovers down and don't get sloppy, they've got a future pro wing, Jordan, Jordan Hawkins, and they have legitimate um, 
depth at key positions. I mean, yeah. I, I think that Tristan Newton's become a better player at that position as the season's gone on. Um, and I think that they are more, a little bit more careful about the way they hold on the ball. It, it's going to come down to, it's going to, for them, it's going to come down to how many possessions they can get in the game because yeah. I know that they have the ability to score. Yep. Oh, I agree. Well, listen, Dick, thank you so much. I appreciate the time greatly. I know you're, you're a busy guy, um, but I love the conversations as always. And um, no, it's not a problem. How's it going for you? It's good. 